Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Now, I need you all for a project. James Jeffries, a friend of Robert's, is sponsoring Dumpty Dum. He is very nearly as clever as Robert and actually slightly more creative. He builds prototypes for the web and does some amazing things with data for arts and culture. In fact, I may ask him to work on the village website if I can loosen Jennifer's grip on the thing. He's worked with all the best people, you know. The BBC Research and Development team, creating interactive story explorers for Homefront and Peaky Blinders. For the London Philharmonic Orchestra, creating a prototype of a searchable archive of their historic performances. Once, he even built some tweeting receipt printers for a Bill Drummond exhibition. Now, that's the kind of innovation we need for the Village Show. So if you'd like to talk to him about your project idea, you could get in touch with him at Robert, Robert, what's his email address? James at shedcode.co.uk. That's James at S-H-E-D-C-O-D-E dot co dot U-K. Or you could have a browse of his website, shedcode.co.uk. Do tell him I was looking for him if you see him, won't you? I want him to design me a digital research stone. <laughs> Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Nosilla here. Having been to a recent show of I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, where we played the Archer's theme tune on a kazoo, I thought I might send this in for you uh, to hold in the bank. Don't use it if you don't need to. Take care. is Dumpy Dump, the show about the reality darky drama that has entered an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the horribin cheekbones that is Royfield Brown and with me I have the reduced to clear Merlot that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our cringy seduction attempt folks is you. Now this week's Dumpy Dump comes from Nozilla and a magic kazoo. Well done you. Now Juicy <laughs> Loose. Yeah. Um, if someone would like to send us in uh, Dumpy Dump, do they have to do it on a kazoo? They don't. No, you can do it on the instrument of your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you'd like to just leave us a plot prediction 
or tighten your tabard so you look like two Exocet missiles <laughs> in a nylon aircraft hangar. Ring us on 0203031305 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to uh, Cosmo for his what, podcast What are we thanking Cosmo for? I didn't get a podcast round oh. this week. Scratch no, thanks that. To Cosmo. No, sod off, Cosmo. Um, thanks to Shedcode for sponsoring us and to Derek for the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is recovering from his uh, torn scrotum operation Ooh. uh they couldn't find anything suitable to do a graft with at first so they ended up using a bit of dried satsuma skin um, <laughs> it's, it worked it's, it has worked but when he gets het up there's a whiff of thick cut marmalade <laughs> that's quite good well done well done i tell you if say if my scrotum was, was torn a bit of bit of prune <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even see the joins in here <laughs> purple grape skin dried out that would do on this week's Archer's Phil Dumdy Dum episode, we have calls from Barrett Green, who disapproves of blackmail. What, what ish? Vicky Cole. Oh, I love my Vicky. Hello, love. Um, who thinks Lillian's in danger? Claire Asprey, who says it's all got sorted just a little bit too quick. And she's back. The goddess. <laughs> who's all loved up. But first, before all that, it's Juicy Lucy Freeman's week in Ambridge. of the week is that Rob has been binned. I was very ready to join in the general celebrations, but I didn't feel I could do so wholeheartedly, partly because, well, once again, I seem to have missed a meeting. Uh Did I nod off and miss the bit where Lillian told Justin the whole story? Or Stefan did? How did Justin know everything in such detail? Where was the shock horror reaction from Justin? But, I mean, it wasn't that important, really, was it? Not the final denouement to a two-year storyline that would result in the most hated man in Ambridge and a perceived threat of actual physical violence being removed from the village. I mean, why would we want to hear that? Not when we could spend an entire sodding episode at Freddie and Lily's party. I am on the verge of hysteria. It is the same reasoning as us not being allowed to hear Ian's groundbreaking visit to Helen in prison. But apparently we were all gagging to hear Jenny Darling try out paint samples on the radio. (laughs) Well, as it was apparently so important, we better deal with this party. Lily is just unbelievable. They seem to have based her on Cher in Clueless. What kind of a freak has nibbles at a teenager's party? Surely a teenage party involves one person dancing by himself, a group of boys dismantling the stereo, someone drunk talking to the hamster, one person crying and one person holding another person's hair back while they throw up in the downstairs bathroom. Everybody at this party had names that sounded like a range of furniture from Sofa World. Things like Hamilton and Amber. There was probably a <laughs> futon somewhere, but I wasn't sure. One of the people was called Porston. Or Corsten. I think one of the writers just sat on their keyboard until some names came up. Shelley is allergic to crab, apparently, so make a note of that, as it might turn out to be relevant in six months' time, because it sure as hell wasn't relevant now. One of them had long legs, a long face, and a velvet choker, and went, nay, presumably. This is another bit of personality (laughs) transplant. Lest we forget, about a year and a half ago, Freddie was stomping about roaring at his mother for a little scrumpy-induced rumpy with Uncle Roy and treating her like a rampant Matahari. Now they're both patronising her into the ground and talking about her as if she's a dozy nanny. I've got a lot more chance with Amber if I don't have to say much, said Johnny. (laughs) I'm more of a pointed grunt man. Isn't pointing brilliant? (laughs) Freddie took his trousers off and Johnny said, 
there's not much of a moon, which seemed a little overly critical. <laughs> Susan has got a new lipstick, Spring Shimmer. It came in a palette with rampant snobbery, real custard, and an overly persistent shade called Tracy's Tongue. You try and rub it off, but it won't go. And if you ignore it, you find it all over your trousers. Helen's deafness is back. It comes and goes, really. When it's about her, her hearing's really acute. But when people say, I don't want to talk about it, she just can't hear it. When someone says to you, Helen, I don't want to talk about it, the answer is, OK. Your answer should not start with the words, but I just want to say. Anyway, true to form, Krusty said to Helen, I do not want you to come for a walk with me. So they went for a walk. Krusty said, I don't want to talk about this. So they had a chat about it. And then Krusty decided <laughs> to share her big secret. The fact that she'd made up a father for her child with Helen because she's so good at keeping secrets. Things were all a bit stilted over Adam and Ian's. Oh, sorry. Uh, do you want the bathroom first? No, no. After you, I'm planning on having a massive poo. So I'd advise you to get in there quick. Then after a pissed up <laughs> evening drinking Cosmopolitans at the party, Ian let Adam back into the bedroom which was a relief as all his clean pants were in there. <laughs> it was not fate throwing you and Roy together at New Year, Tracy. It was you throwing your mouth at Roy, just so that is clear. Bert went up to Home Farm to watch Adam spreading his fertiliser for inspiration. He gave him some wise words about marriage and pointed out that you needed to keep talking. Poor Frida. I bet she'd have given a kidney for a bit more silence from Bert. Every row, a bloody poem. In a commendable show of realism... Krusty told Tom to promise her that he would never ever ask her to marry him again when he's leap year mm. but back to the best bit of the week Rob getting fired my favourite bit was when Justin made him do all the work first a two hour meeting on a Friday afternoon let's go all through the spreadsheets in the whole world oh and by the way did I mention that you are more fired than a rifle range Rob said with his customary <laughs> maturity well I wouldn't want to work here anyway and Justin was like well actually like no one likes you and I'm going to tell everyone else not to like you and Rob was like well actually we don't know what Rob was like but he won't just disappear not Voldemort he'll be back married to Hazel Woolley or at the helm of a bulldozer having bought St Stephen's with the aim of turning it into a costa I'd like to say bye bye Robart but I don't think you've gone you're a bit like Sherlock I keep thinking this must be it but then there you are again so I won't say bye bye I'll say au revoir and also ha 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 the end yay I enjoyed that <laughs> this week well done you so what did you think did you get that then because me and Martin, sorry, me and Derek had to have an emergency <laughs> meeting in the forest about did I miss a bit where we were saying, well, how did she know? How did she know? And then he listened back again and I listened back again. And we presume she told Justin after her conversation with Jenny, when Jenny told her all about the blocking up the culvert with bits of stuff. But wouldn't it have been nice to hear that? This is a recurring problem in, in this show. Yes. The vital bits of the drama are just for whatever reason cut and there is no explanation for it which makes any kind of rational sense as far as I'm concerned I get there is a point that every now and then you need uh, startling reveals but this is pretty integral really because it wouldn't only just lead you to join up some of the plot points it would also give you a massive insight into the relationship between Lillian and Justin yeah absolutely so, it was a huge, I honestly thought I have missed an episode and I went back and listened all over again. I was thinking, no, 19th, 20th, 21st. 20th. No, it's not there. Hmm. Well, I feel 
similarly that way considering that Rob has just uh, disappeared and there is what happened on Sunday uh, but I know I am jumping ahead of myself but as I said um, you know, the, the, these jumps as you've pointed out happen frequently and you know instead we get the colour of someone's lipstick for comedy relief in terms of voices. I know! so I don't well, know. not just that. I could now pick out Lily's friends in a sodding police lineup because we don't <laughs> know which bloody foods they're allergic to. We're never going to hear from them again, ever, ever, ever. Why did they spend eight minutes or whatever it was messing around there? Yeah, and I know they're trying to establish Lily, but we get it. Let's go back to the people we care about, shall we? Oh, mm. I hear you, um, Luce. Mm. Um, I'm somewhat befuddled by last week, right? Because I'm trying to really work out what is going on with the character of Rob. Not what has happened, but have we been led a whole load of red herrings in terms of where the character is going to go, whether these pronouncements on um, that Sean O'Connor gave uh, in terms of Rob being around for, for 20 years. Um, is that the ramifications of Rob Titchener going to be around for 20 years? So, hell, you know, hell, I can say the character is being, going to be going to be around for 20 years. Or, you know, are we now truly leading up to the whole kind of denouement in that he's just going to go postal? Because, mm. as I said a couple of weeks ago, the only thing he had going for him in terms of keeping him together as an adult was, was this job. It still gave him immense status now that is gone you know where where is there for him to go um and all my talk of normalizing rob that kind of goes out the window now mm. so i don't know really what to make of the last week um so i'm just ready just to go to the caller inners because you know what lucy mm-hmm. punditry's a mugs game you know, I, I think from here on in, we all we do, we just say, hello, this is Dumpty Dum. Uh, you can do a this monologue. This is what happened. We don't know why. There we go. That's yeah, it. exactly. And we just go call her in us and then we just wrap the whole thing up. Because <laughs> I appreciate there are dramatic conventions of how you, how you write things and you plot character arcs. But there is a massive level of misinformation and mis- misdirection sorry which, which actually goes on here uh, and then you it's just like re- reading it's reading the tea leaves yeah. isn't it it's as it's yeah. about as predictable as that so i for yeah. one i'm just gonna keep shtum from here on <laughs> in which i know there's a whole load of listeners say thank god for that so it take you three <laughs> years mr brown <laughs> right Hello, Ambridge 3962. So I'm just going to say, call her in as Lucy. Who's first? Uh, I think we should play Barrett Green and Vicky Cole. Oh, actually, we could do all of them all together <laughs> because they've all said a lot of the same thing. Uh, Barrett Green and Claire Asprey we shall have together. I. <laughs> As if something somewhere 
Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here and I'm going to be really quick this week. So I know we're all celebrating that Stefan has returned and he's blackmailing Rob and Rob's backed into a corner and now um, obviously he's had the sack from work. But there's just a part of me thinks in a week, goodness me, we had to listen for years as Rob made Helen's life a misery and I was rather hoping that Stefan would drag that out and Rob would be in a real state and it would take months. So on the whole, yay that Rob's had his comeuppance to an extent, but boo that it all happened so quickly because I was hoping to hear his pain for way longer than that. Okay, keep up the good work. Hello, Barrett Green here. Obviously, I cannot under any circumstances condone blackmail. Barrett Green, I think you're having some sort of breakdown, but it was very amusing to listen to, so well done you. Um, and Claire, yes, it, well, I don't think we can say it's been sorted. You know, I, y- yes, it has been sorted quickly, if it has been sorted. But we, I mean, just in, um, oh, we can't talk about Sunday, can we? Rats. Uh, there's a there's a, an insinuation that he has gone. Uh but no proof, really. Uh, I want to hear him being driven from the village by people with horse whips throwing turnips at his head. Um, I don't want him to just go. It's the same when Hazel Woolley just drives off and you think, are you coming back? What's happened? Is that it? Have you got, you know, you've just pulled your cloak around you and vanished? Or are you about to do a U-turn on the bypass and come roaring back with a machine gun? I don't, you know, it's sort of, there's no sense of uh, finality unless we hear from him again. But then, as Sean O'Connor said, he's going to be around for the next 20 years. I presume that is because he's going to be involved with with uh, poor old Jack for the next, well, 16 years, 18 years. Um, so possibly that's it. But yes, it, it, uh, it has all been sorted a bit quickly, considering what they put us through for two years. Uh, you know, it's all done and dusted in a week. But, you know... There was something very satisfying about it, but I'd, I'd rather it had been, if it was slightly more Luce, definitive. I, yeah. I, I disagree. I don't think it has been satisfying, considering that... No, but I just loved hearing him being told to sling his hook. I like that. To clear his desk. Right. Yeah. Um, that, I think, was satisfying. But but if we don't hear anything from him now, it won't be any more satisfying, will it? Well, well it, that It'll just... It'll all just be a bit... An utter impossibility of... that they, they could build this storyline up is to the extent that they have and then just let it, you know, peter out with such a pathetic whimper that it mm. clear your desk, Rob. OK, you know, I'm off. I yeah. didn't want your job anyway. You know, there's yeah. no, no way, no way on God's earth that they could um, end it in such a way. So we've just... let's go to Vicky Cole now because then we can talk because she says something in the similar vein and then All we can right. talk about that. OK. <laughs> Hi, Lucy Royfield and everyone. It's Vicky Cole here. I haven't called in for ages, um, but I have been following the Archers and I've certainly been listening to all the Dumpty Dums and enjoying them very much, so thank you. Um, what, what a week. I really enjoyed the ding-dong between Tracy and Kirsty. I think there's a lot of comic potential there, um, especially if Susan gets involved, so I think that's going to be really funny. Poor Kirsty, though. Pies. Oh, dear. Um, but mainly... 
how clever this week was, and we didn't know whether Lillian had heard anything. I've now got an image of her with her ear to the keyhole, listening to everything, and that's why Stefan barged into her when he went out of the door quickly. Um, and we didn't know until the last minute that she had heard, she had told Justin, and Justin had Rob absolutely squirming. It was fantastic. So my only concern is that it might all push him over the edge, um, and he'll do something awful to either to Stefan, as your listeners said last week, or maybe Lillian, or maybe Helen, because he'll think that she is at the root of everything. And maybe he'll he'll attack someone. Then he'll go on the run, taking one or both of the boys. Uh, I don't know. All the stuff that we feared would happen at Christmas. I, I think it's coming up. Rah! Anyway, keep up the good work. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. So, is mm. Lillian now in danger? Hmm. Because the first thing he did was say, she... I thought she w- she wasn't content with listening, eavesdropping. She had to lie as well, blah, blah, blah. Um, she's like her niece. She's, you know, e- nasty and manipulative and everything. Um, but he hasn't, he hasn't taken any revenge on Helen. But that's because she's got Jack, I guess. And he knows that anything he does to Helen will jeopardise um, uh, his relationship with the boys. Surely he knows that if he does anything to Lillian, he will be in prison and then he won't see the boys as well. So, you know, he we've got we we don't know quite how unhinged he is, do we? No. And I suppose that what the writers have now is a complete and utter blank canvas to take this in whatever direction that they wish, because mm. um He's got, he's got nothing to, uh, as I said before, he's got nothing to, in effect, li- yes, he's got Jack to live for, but his dignity has been utterly stripped away. He's got no one to run away with, whereas, you know, remember before, yeah, Jess said, oh, we moved from this place to that place. He's got no, no one to run to, uh, yeah. no one to run to with. Um, yeah. He does have feeling for his son. And then also... He does have some level of feeling for Henry. So you've got to think he's going to stay around. He can go postal. You know, he can literally burn down the village shop. He can uh, try and kidnap Lillian. He can do a whole manner of things, which I just think would be somewhat um, poor in terms of serving us up this drama. I actually think that normalising him... So it was just the stinky, bad smell in the village it was actually the correct thing to do. Just have him as in a cage, just fade him out generally. But mm. he, he's got nowhere to go. He's got nowhere mm. to go. Mm. Uh, so it ha- there has to be a massive blow up. There has to be. And we know he's got um, a volcanic temper. And we, we saw him with Emma before Christmas. So he can lose it in public. He has lost it in public. Surely that was just um, a little amuse-bouche for what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, I think when he... Silly things for me, like when he caught the button girls Mm. writing whatever they wrote on his car, he didn't try and rush after them and batter them. He said, 
someone should call the police i will da, 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 da. and it, it, it he does genuinely still have a kind of a belief in the system the system will will prove him right this time you know he was convinced that the court would see it from his point of view Mm. Um, and that the court would see it from his point of view in terms of of, of, of Jack as well, that uh, that, that he, he would say that Helen was unfit and that he should have, you know, when I get my son back. He was genuinely convinced. Um, this is the first time he thinks he's on the wrong side. This is the first time he knows that he went against authority to do something and that he, you know, he hasn't been on the side of the estate he hasn't he hasn't done what the establishment wanted him to do um and i don't know what what that would provoke in someone like him is it then that he's some kind of outlaw that he sees himself as right you know the the establishment's let me down so i'm just going to go rogue now i'm just going to go off off the off the chart and 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 do what i want and um i'm i'm an outlaw which in which case kidnapping the boys would be the next logical and i just when i say logical obviously don't mean logical i mean in his head um mm. that would be the next thing to do um but i mean in terms of because he can't pay rent he can't stay in the village but i it just all feels a bit half-hearted really it feels a bit a bit quick as claire said well yeah there is, there is no way that th- that this is the end uh and i think we all we all know that claire so but it's just how the heck they're going to to deal with this i think will really um either underline or can potentially blow up all the fantastic work they've done with this storyline because i know that i say soapy tropey um, a little bit too often but and i've said this before but there is a general conceit that we are not your average uh, continuous drama listeners, that we expect uh, rich characters and we expect our storylines to be rooted in the minutiae of daily life. So if you have somebody going postal and literally threatening to, to burn the village down or to, uh, to explode, it needs to be done in a way which has large dollops of reality and not large dollops of, of E17. Not, not mm. E17, of, um, of Wolford. <laughs> Oi, was it? watch it! Yeah, so is it E20? What's the postcode of Wolford? Whatever the postcode of Wolford of, in, in EastEnders actually is. It, it can't have, because we will just shrug our... Uh, we'll shake our heads and shrug our shoulders and, and actually tear the script writers to pieces. And I know last week that Cosmo said that the script writer had a bit of a dodgy wicket. And I think we you know trying to analyze this in, in terms of the whole direction of it obviously the um the americans would call it the showrunner but you know the new person who is in in control of of the archers has got to deal with rob the character of rob titchener and to put this whole storyline to bed so we can clearly move on and then the poor script writers need to make flesh out of them their bones don't they mm-hmm. you know they yeah. say well okay the character needs to go in this direction that direction go deal with it Kerry or go deal with it whoever and they're going yeah. bloody hell fire okay yeah blah yeah, blah yeah, blah yeah. you know and it's hard 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 for these you know I just think whoever writes whatever Rob is going to do next you know this man who has nothing really to live for let's just hope 
that it's done in a believable way. Because, as I said before, the general conceit is, and we all know it, that we think we're a little bit kind of clever as people that listen to the <laughs> arches. It's true, Luce. You know it. No, I know. Oh, oh God, no. yeah. So you've got to serve us up something which is very clever. <laughs> are you threatening? Are you threatening? I kind of the... am. I kind you kind of, of am. Yeah, you are. I kind you of are. am. You yeah. know, serve us up something which is unexpected but believable. And he's not going to be, um, you know, something which you can say is so obviously um, a trope which is used in, and, in numerous and, and other as dramas. A, as, as a little bonus, if it could involve Toby Fairbrother losing <laughs> a in a horrible sample accident, that would be aces. Thank you absolutely, very much. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to say no more because I know, I'm just being made to sound like a right chump with all my predictions, in, you know, in this show. <laughs> so you got the, you got the pregnancy right. Well, mm. but as um, as uh, Paul Room said, after um, you know, there the fundamentally the scriptwriters know exactly what they're doing, and they throw us um, hints and clues as to what's going to happen. They throw us a bone every now and again, don't they? but also, also this massive misdirection. And um, so he is a doctor. So what is it that Ruth had um, a few years ago? It was cancer of she the what? Oh, no, sorry. No, she had breast that. cancer. Yeah, okay. So she had breast cancer, all right? And so, and then um, sometime after that was cleared up, she, she developed a cough. Yeah. Okay. Now, that was completely well, lost I'd... on me. Had Paul got her in some kind of remission? Exactly. Paul, uh, okay. Paul said, as he a doctor, he said, I knew <laughs> what that meant. I very cle- clearly knew what that meant. She went to the doctor for a cough. She couldn't get rid of her cough. And she said, well, that is because, you know, actually the cancer had come back. That's classic symptoms, he said. But his, but his misdirection. She went to the doctors, yeah. took some um, cough mixture, was fine. <laughs> And he went, hey. Exactly. <laughs> Talk a bit of Benelin. She was fine. Right. And he said, it's misdirection. He said they knew that there were going to be people that, you know, had gone through what she had. Yeah. And also doctors, you know, health professionals yeah. who say, hi, hi, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. deliberate misdirection is used yeah. all the time. So, so then when she said about the soft cheese... Exactly. I noticed that because I really missed eating soft cheese when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I thought, ah, oh, well, Jesus, maybe they are right then. But you hadn't noticed the soft cheese, but you'd noticed it ages before because you, when you rang me and said, ha ha, she's pregnant because of the Nuffield thing and da da la 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 And that was just sort of, I suppose it's, it's how you, it's, it's everybody's instinct, isn't it? It's what you, re, what you would relate to mm. as what that means, what the clues mean. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, you and I view this thing very, very differently that I get lost on the minutiae of who's exactly said what to whom but what I try and keep a handle on is the long term forecast in terms of where the characters are apparently going so mm. I'd say it's kind of you know the, the drift of that and it was just nonsensical that you would draft in a new actor who's just spent yeah. time away to spend more time away in this case yeah. we'll wait on a minute they're setting up tension here yeah. what is the tension always oh, had this one night with Kirsty. she's got to be up yeah. tough, you know oh, oh, oh talking of that i reckon Kirsty's baby is going to be a girl because we've got too many boy babies around we've got henry and uh, jack 
and Jack. Mm. Uh, so then we, because you need to have a bit of um, teenage shenanigans, don't you? And I know they're cousins, but whatever. You know what I mean? Sort of mm. going around as mates or whatever. You need to have a sort of a gender balance. Yeah. So I think Kirsty's Kirsty's will be a girl. Mm. Too many boys. And and um, uh, oh no, we've got Kira. I was going to well, say there is there is Kira, but yeah, I I think you're right. I think you're right. But anyway, um, how many calls have we got through? Uh, we've just got Goddess Diva now. Oh, okay. Hey, Dumpty Dumpty, it's Goddess Diva here. I'm back. I've been away. Um, I've been moving house and breaking up with one relationship and getting into a lovely new one that I'm very, very happy in. And wanted to ring in just to say, hello, I have missed you all. And yes, yes, fucking yes. I'm so pleased. At last, at last, did you know this girl is come up and I'm very, very happy about this. Now, let's just see him get um, prosecuted for the manslaughter of Frida Fry, shall we? Not that she had much to say for herself, but you know. And um, yeah, and the only other things really is Jill needs to just shut up now because she's just getting right on my last nerve. And Kirsty, oh, the hurt, the hurt and fear. But I still think her and Tom will end up getting back together. Anywho, off to go and play some PlayStation, wearing a Pikachu onesie and celebrating the demise of the Titchinob. And hope that you're all well and I love you loads and I shall be ringing in more often again. Bye, Sarah. Put out. She is all loved up. It is very nice to hear you again, and sounding so jolly and happy. Um, now, man's accidental manslaughter, not accidental manslaughter, <laughs> manslaughter of Frida Fry mm. through the blocking of the culvert. Yes, ideally, we'd like the man banged up. Don't think that's going to happen because Justin and Lillian will now just. Uh, Join forces, won't they, and just deny all knowledge of anything and say, no, 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 he just left, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's absolutely not in Damara's interests to pursue Rob uh, legally. Right no. here it isn't. You know, if things then come out that it was their culvert which actually contributed to the village flooding, well, then, then they need to throw him underneath the bus, so to speak, or throw him underneath the culvert. Yeah. But right here and now, it's within their interests to pay off Stefan, get rid of Rob, pretend like nothing happened. I was rather hoping that Stefan <laughs> would stick around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a... Even when he made Stefan wait and that... Co- he, he, oh, God. He said, yes, I, no, I'm not going to pay you anything. And then he said, oh, what about if I go to papers? All right, then I'll pay you double. Uh, you know, he's just all over the shop, flip-flapping mm. around trying to exercise his little tiddly bit of control saying you have to sit there while I take my phone call thank you for making me read Rob very polite or whatever it was he said Ugh. Um, here's a question for you Luce if yes. you're Justin Elliott mm-hmm. and Stefan has come to you and he says I saw Rob uh, block the culvert which contributed to the flooding of the village you walk up to Justin mm-hmm. Elliott and you say that um, what deal, I don't mean in terms of money, you know, in terms of the amount of money, but what deal do you strike with Stefan? Because literally, you have to give him such an obscene, well, you, whatever amount of money you give him, how do you know he's not going to turn up 
in 18 months time mm. and say i need some more i think you give him a good rep or you, you go further than giving him a good reference you actually find him employment with someone else so that then if he threatens to turn up later mm. you can get him sacked if you've got him into the job you can get him out again with somebody that you work with all right but let's just think now i'm going to talk about potential <clears throat> sp- specific amounts of money um so stefan 10 grand i'd say 10 grand mm. so if it comes out that an employee of damara has flooded the village okay and is li- and is in part liable for some of the extensive damage of that 10 grand's a drop in the ocean mm. yeah you know but... this is the reason why i'm somewhat of a bloke that just is a, a somewhat wishy-washy pundit on on a drama as opposed to a script writer because in my little head i cannot construct of how you can create that deal so that stefan doesn't come back because the amount of but money stefan... mm, go on mm. stefan was in the wrong though i mean justin could have said to stefan why the hell didn't you tell me this at the time i'm now going to sue you because you are also you withheld evidence you are now also in the wrong but stefan could you say I'm, I'm a whistleblower and i wasn't sure at the time but i've you know the more i think about it and no, then he turn... he paid off yeah, he? but but so he by Rob, a bribe. by he Rob, accepted a bribe. No, he accepted a yeah, bribe. To... I couldn't live with myself, Your Honor, and I and I thought about this, and I just couldn't live with myself. And I'm sure it was Rob, so uh, that's the reason why I've turned up uh, right it's here. It's much and too shady. It's much too shady for for Stefan to be able to take the moral high ground and and uh, and come. No, and no, no. Listen, I, 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 no, he, listen. He wouldn't be holding the moral high ground from any real. Uh, sense of conviction but it's just a case of surely could just turn up back in 18 months time and just say to to justin you know that 10 grand you gave me i burnt through that or that 20 grand because what damara have to lose significantly much more and 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 stefan could just say you know what i could get you know even if i am some kind of accomplice you know what i'm going to take you down with me i don't really care yeah well that's why blackmail is is a very dangerous thing to start isn't it because you never really get free of it you have to be so sure that you've neutralized the other person mm. and i think um, so you're saying that's what justin's done that's why there's no more <laughs> stefan that he's had him taken out by the russians or something <laughs> i think i think justin's powerful enough to be able to properly frighten somebody more so than 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 rob because he has more influence Hmm. but I, I don't i agree i don't think i don't think once you've once you've entered into that kind of arrangement with somebody i don't think you're ever ever free pro- properly free hmm. anyway as i said that's the reason why i don't write because i can't really can you know construct that in a way that makes sense uh to me i just think you'd have to give him such a large amount of money uh but you're right but with it needs to come some massive threat doesn't it I'm going to mm. give you this amount of money, but if, never if I, see you. If I yeah. ever see you again, right, yeah. well, you see those legs, uh, you won't have them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That is okay. I can have more of them made in Estonia. I... That's what he would say. <laughs> um, uh, Lillian McCarthy has emailed us. She of the Newcastle Meetup. 
Um, she said, I wanted to give a big shout out to everyone who attended and thank you all for a fantastic night. Um, she said, I really enjoyed the podcast. I don't agree with Lucy about Helen. I think her recent experiences have taught her lessons she won't forget in a hurry. I think it would have been an absolute disaster if Tom had told Tony about the pregnancy, mm. especially given. Yes, that's true, actually, especially given that it seemed Kirsty didn't want him involved. And given the way he felt about the unconventional method, Helen planned to have Henry. Oh, I'd completely forgotten that. Anyway, thanks for all the podcasts and I look forward to many more. Yes, you're completely right. I think I was I was I was in such a state of annoyance at Helen. I was just grabbing grabbing names out of the air. Yes, you're right. It would have been a disaster if uh, Tom had told Tony. Mm. Um, but I still think that she should respect when people... She, she just ignores her own anxiety, drives her to... Helen, I mean. Her own anxiety just drives her. She, my friend who works in mental health says there is no one more selfish than an anxious person. And it's not... It's not um it's not kind of egocentric selfishness it's like a victimy selfishness where everything is about you so worrying that you've got it wrong somehow that you've um miss that you've that you've somehow made things worse or you haven't emerged as a perfect person or you whatever that they just go on and on and on around 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 the same thing so even when Kirsty's saying, I do not want to talk about this, she just won't stop. You know, don't tell anyone about this, Helen. And then Helen's thinking, oh, well, I'll just tell so-and-so because I need to make it right for myself. And that will that will be all right. You know, I think we all know people like that. Mm. Um, again, with with my looking at this from 30,000 feet up, um, surely, 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 considering that she's dominated the show for what five years that you know a great actor that that she undoubtedly is that she needs to uh for the interests of the wider drama to take a significant step back in the next uh in the next year so i don't really know what that means in terms of her and kind of kirsty or tom but we just got to hear much less of her to let all the other characters breathe. And um, to be honest with you, I, you know that that for me can't happen soon enough. And I want to hear less about her driving any any kind of storylines because we have what thirty, forty other characters, and mm. I'm not really that interested in her motivations or her getting in the way of kind of anything really. You know, let's have less Helen Archer for the next eighteen months in a, in a meaningful way. Don't let her drive any yeah. storylines. Let her to let her be a sounding board for Kirsty or for Tom. And I think in in that regard, her position is a very interesting one because obviously, you know, she's Kirsty's best best friend, and she's Tom's sister. But I, I we can't have her um, meaningfully uh, driving anything. Because, Dominating like she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, come on. Um, but I just going back a step, uh, and this has kind of just come to mind, talking about um, little kind of plot teasers and moose bushes, sure, maybe um, what we're building up to is the Alan and Rob show. 
and it's you know the fact that Alan has been literally brought out of mothballs and actually had something meaningful to do as Alan as a character yeah yeah and it's and he is the only person who Rob actually turns to and has some semblance of emotional honesty some semblance and uh we did comment just before christmas when alan said to him um you know you've got to in effect forgive helen and you've got to shape up before jack right and actually then in in the next week he turns around to helen and says i'm not going to com- contest a divorce etc that whatever happens yeah, yeah. next with rob alan is going to be pretty central yeah. If Rob hasn't already just gone. Well, even if he has just gone, he's going to turn turn up at some point, uh, bigly, as Trump would say, isn't he? <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> Not just him. Thousands of him. Millions and <laughs> thousands of him. Many, many more of him than anyone else has ever seen. Mm. <sighs> yes, that is the end of the emails oh all right oh goodness uh right uh i you know what i'm gonna do lucy what i'm gonna toddle off to kitchen and, and put kettle on and i'll leave the listeners listening to me talk about friday 15 which was rather enjoyable this week i really enjoyed it because uh, i spoke to some bloke about uh 1648 and how historians fetishise about that year in that it's kind of be the it's the the year that nation states are kind of founded throughout Europe and I went nah is it really but anyway I'll leave you good listener to listen to that podcast if you can so can be fussed and uh, I'll sip me coffee what are you going to do? Um, I will check if my boiler is still working I think When you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> See you in five, everybody. <laughs> 
In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome, yeah. Um, for me, I... Well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to, to win in the end is that, for me, it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. It's Millie Bell here. The reason I'm introducing myself is that Yokel Bear and I um, have been having a chat. We got on really well after we did the uh, interview over the Christmas period, and we thought it would be nice for him to be a little bit more involved. So we are going to alternate with the uh, Renox. Those of you on Facebook will already know that, but uh, that's a bit exciting. And of course, we do have slightly different styles, so I think that'd be fun for everybody. It also means that if one of us goes on holiday, well, the other one can eat easily cover so exciting times um on our forum which is dumptydum.com forward forums there is a discussion started by samantha dean about rob's journey to damascus uh dusty substances started one about bus darts in a tabard uh david faulkner was asking where the podcast is yep it's christmas uh, the holiday period you have to bear with us guys but i think we're nearly back on track and uh yeah so we would like to ramp up the uh, interest in the forums if we can because it's a different way of getting involved and also to remind you that you can pin where you are on track chat so we know where you are and we can uh, try for some meetups so on our page, on the Facebook page, oh gosh, we've talked about so many things. And of course, again, just showing the diversity, Yokel Bear and I have completely different uh, interests in the questions we ask. So you'll probably find it's more active than ever as we're now both posing questions. Um, I was really interested with uh, Susan who was uh, talking about, uh, who cut Jim off when he was talking about birds and said, uh, start talking about makeup because of course everybody's interested in makeup. See, Rowan Jones said, uh, um, a woman here totally disinterested in makeup with lifelong interest in birds. If you're off for a walk at the country park, who cares about Lippy unless you're seeking the lesser spotted Patrick? That is, uh, yeah, I wasn't being entirely um, serious when I posed the question because whilst I am interested in makeup, uh, I think everyone's entitled to be interested in birds if they'd like to. I just thought it was really funny and very Susan. Uh, we had a discussion about uh, prior to what's happened this week, asking Rob to show us how he's going to get out of that one and I will leave you to read that on Facebook uh, because of course things have changed since then we also had a discussion about Lizzie stepping up Uh, Catherine Newnham said I'm glad to see her pitching the right message to Jill in the right tone Carol has tried, Ruth has tried but perhaps Lizzie can be the one who finally triggers Jill into getting over the whole Grace Fairbrother thing and hopefully soon as Jill's grudge is rather tedious 
And I agree with you, Catherine. I think that Lizzie has some weight behind her in that she's also been affected by the Fair Brothers. So if anybody has authority to say, come on, let's forgive and forget, it's probably her. Uh, we had an announcement about uh, Yokel Bear. Oh, by the way, when we pose up questions, we will put our initials up so you know who's asking the question. Don't suppose it really matters, but it is nice to know who's asking. We had a discussion about Lily. Is she a strong, independent young woman or is she an annoying, spoilt brat? Well, to be honest with you, uh, we're mixed on that, but most people seem to think she is a brat. Janice Marie Winch said, I loved her strong, interesting, sport, and typical teenager. Well, not really typical as she has the big house, etc., but her attitude was typical. Loved the way Ian dealt with her. And also, by the way, good luck to Yoko Bear. Uh, Sarah Woods Rockwell said, I'm not easily irritated by characters. I've always had a high tolerance of the most annoying, but I'm finding Lily and Freddie just a bit too spoiled and brattish to bear. Lots more in that vein. I want to finish with something um, that was put up by Stuart Arundel on the Upset at the Pool because it really made me laugh. It was after the discussion about the poem, poetry, Bert's poetry. And this is what he posted. And um, he posted it, he said, because it reminds him of Bert's poetry. And I have to say, now that I've read it, I agree. I'll, I'll just do a little bit of it. O oh, freddled grunt ugly, thy micturations are to me as pleddled gabble blotchets on a lurgid bee that mordiously hath blurted out its arted jertles into a rancid festering confectious organ squealer drowned out by moaning and screaming. Uh, that's, of course, Vogue and Poetry, and you can find that if you uh, do a search. Uh, it's great fun, and it does, it does sound exactly like Bert. Anyway, I'll see you in a fortnight from me. Thank you, Millie Bell. I am uh, looking forward to Yokel Bear alternating, doing kind of uh, social media roundups. How about you, Lucy? Yes, I think it is very nice when when you can share things with people. (laughs) Do you now? Yes. (laughs) Great. Also, you know, I love about uh, the roundups because there was poetry mentioned and all sorts. You know, it's a, a kind of facet. Millie Belt, you do an awesome job. Well done, you. Yes, yeah, she really does, and and she's frequently an unsung hero because she just gets on with it quietly, and she's too far away for us ever to meet up. We could do a surprise meeting, uh, Millie Bell, but it really, really would be a surprise if we flew that far to suddenly pop up <laughs> on your doorstep. It would be horrifying, quite frankly, and for you, you probably. You but know, we do really appreciate you, so thank you. And I can't remember who exactly said it last week, so I don't have... Uh, I'm not looking at the notes of last week's show. But there was a listener that said, oh, Millie Bell, you you know, I'd like to hear you talk about um, your feelings on exactly what's happening in the archery. So, Millie Bell, I'm extending an invitation to you. In the next couple of months, we're going to grab you on the show. We'll have a proper chat. Yes. Right. Now, Luce. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag the archers tweets of the last seven days thank you very much please uh most of them you know one will be surprised to hear um focus on uh the firing um claire at the end when <laughs> at the end i just actually listened to it again because i liked it when justin binned him no when stefan said I um I I'm gonna I want you to pay double now. I've you have made me wait, and now I am angry, and you lied to me, and now you have to pay me double the money. And he went, 
And then Lillian came in and he said, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And she went, no, me, and left. Mm. And then Rob sort of did this funny little <laughs> noise, <this> anxious <laughs> little noise. And Claire said, was that the sound of Rob doing a little wee in his pants? <laughs> <laughs> I think it may well have been, Claire. Um, Leonard Odyssean uh, said, Minnesota went Hillary Clinton. So whoever said they'd have Rob back probably couldn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I don't think they really did say they wanted Rob back. Um, he also, Leonard Odyssean, and I know I'm skipping ahead again. There is a horsey horsey episode uh, in the week that we're in now. Um, and uh, Leonard Odyssean described that as excellent coconutting, which very much made me laugh. There was a lot of, of whoa, come here come on boy you know and it just reminds me of me and my friends when we used to pretend when we were sort of six and seven we used to pretend to be riding around the playground on horses um and we'd 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 mount and dismount and in our minds we were so convinced that that's what we were really doing we didn't think of how hilarious that looked to anyone that didn't know what we were doing Mm. that we were waving our legs in the air mounting and dismounting off imaginary horses so yes that's what i imagine lillian and and um and and everyone else doing trotting around uh with coconuts like in uh life of brian uh not like brian the other one um goldie levels Mm -hmm. said lily is so like her mum the new actor has got the voice spot on Lizzie was my most disliked character until Helen grew up. <laughs> <laughs> you but know yes, what? she really true. does. Yeah, she's really got. She she absolutely sounds like Alison Pettit's child. She really does. It's that really slightly little girly, really over over pronounced sort of thing, and quite kind of yeah, just really little yeah, little girl voice. Mm. Yes. Uh, a good spot there uh, Iolanthe Rosa at the bloody dreadful party episode said is it my imagination or was that episode a full hour it certainly felt like it I'm with you on that um, Piotr Cieplak who I think is a friend of Stefan mm-hmm. said I have visions of Kirsty and June going out on her own into a field to carve in peace and solitude <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. She's going to have the entire archer's clan clustered round the bed, waiting for her to pop it out so they can run away with it. Um, and Arch's Goddess is Tweet of the Week. Arch's Goddess had a conversation between Rob and Alan. Hi, Rob. Hi, Alan. Pause. Rob, did you leave a poo on my doorstep? <laughs> yes, Alan. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, and that is the end of the tweets. Uh, you've got me thinking, you know, what about you how about? as children we uh, we ape and we, you know, we we imagine our, our imagination in terms of play is just the things yeah. that we see around us and our kind of hopes and dream dreams of the future. Yeah. And um, in you saying at the age of six, you know, you're riding imaginary horses. You know, I, I was trying to, I was trying, I was trying to be a superhero. I was convinced oh. that when I grew up, I was going to be a superhero. Oh. There's this lovely, lovely video which my mum and dad uh, shared on on WhatsApp. Bunch of little 
uh, Jamaican boys, and they're no more than like six or seven. And uh, I'm not, not going to do the accent, but it's a case of, uh, so what do you want to be when you grow up? One boy says, bus driver. Right, and okay, that's good, that's good, that's good. It's obviously like the, the school teacher. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to be a policeman. It's like, that's, that's fantastic, you're going to be a policeman. And uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, my, the boy just looks at me and says, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> teacher, what? And he says, because I'll be a multi-billionaire and I'll get the best women. I want to be Batman. <laughs> And whoever's holding the camera is just shaking with love. This kid is not joking. He did not. There was no wry smile. He says, Batman. He's, he's thinking I can't understand why everyone else wants to say Batman. What's wrong with us? You're going to be a bus driver. You're going to be Batman. Yeah, he's just like the funniest <laughs> thing. The camera's shaking. This person's laughing. He says, what? what's going on? Batman. <laughs> I remember... Um, Mr. Higgs was my junior school teacher. We were like nine. I don't even think I was ten. I loved Mr. Higgs. And he did a similar thing going around the uh, going around the class. And um, at the point at that point he asked me I wanted to be an astronaut, so whatever. But Dennis Sullivan said he wanted to be uh, a binman. And everybody laughed and Aww. really hard. And Denny Sullivan, he was, in inverted commas, the uh, the most challenged educationally in the class. Okay. He, you know, and everybody laughed. And I'll never forget Aww. to this day his answer. He just very calmly said, considering the work that they do, they get paid very well. And that's what I want to be, because I want a good uh, week's pay for the work that I do. And I don't have to go to college to do that. And I remember I just stopped laughing. And at the age of nine, I thought, hmm, he's onto something here. Yeah. Th- th- these boys much smarter than we're all giving him credit. Yeah. You know? And, uh, oh. but yeah, bin man or Batman. It's one, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know a, a, a boy who, when he was nine, his every photo his mother took, every family photo they have, mm. He jumped in the air, so it looked like when she took the photo, he was flying. So everything, every school photo, he jumped in the air just at the minute, right? Hold it! No! And then he'd leap. So because he was determined to get one photo out of that year mm. where he looked like he was hovering. So she said all of the photos of that year are rubbish because there's a blur of him leaping in the air. <laughs> it's a real thing for boys, isn't it? It's wanting to be a superhero. Mm. I think it's being able to right small injustices because when you're a child, you just feel that there is a lot of injustice and most of it is aimed at you. Mm. And it's an opportunity to fix. You think when I'm bigger, I'll sort this out. This won't happen anymore. And it's sort of an extension of that, I think. Yeah. You know, it it is a kind of famous five type of, you know, uh, putting the world to rights. You kind of understand that there are people who are, you know, less fortunate than you etc you know me growing up in the 70s we're just about on the tail end of the second world war being something which you you kind of connected to there was all those comics you could read about some british soldier who was surrounded by a whole group of germans and you know he machine gun his way out of there and stuff you would also play soldiers but but the yeah. other side weren't just 
French or whatever. They were Nazis and they were bad. Yeah. You know, and we, we were good and they were bad, bad. And also, growing up then, there was the whole kind of cowboys and Indians thing. You know, you still play cowboys and Indians. And, and I always kind of subscribe my political um, awakening to realising that the Indians weren't the bad guys. That mm. it was their yeah. land. And yeah. why yeah. is it <laughs> that we that we are taking their land when they were there first and we're coming across here in our, in our wagons? And that was really profound for me because you always wanted to be a cowboy, not an Indian. And then yeah. I remember saying in the playground, but wait, hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> think about these guys, 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 just stop, stop yeah, for a second. Seriously. <laughs> and I went, but they're not the bad guys. It's their land. They're defending their land. And why are they the bad guys? You know, and um, that's pr- and then, profound and then for me. Threw a football boot at your head and carried on playing. I would imagine. You know what? Well, here's another thing I've freely admit: no one's thrown a football boot at my head. I was a bully when I was that 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 age and stuff. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's something which I I have kind of fessed up to somebody in the last year, but I always um, justified it by doing what was what was right there was always some reason behind it but i was um yeah when i was about eight nine ten you know poor stephen tarmy i put that boy through hell you know i'm not proud of it at all but i was a bit of a bully so no one was throwing throwing anything at my head i would have dealt with them at that age but um but yeah a bit stroppy i was Mm. oh this is a whole new side yeah well i don't want to massively uh derail our whole podcast here but is it an accident that i was bullshit stroppy told people what to do and i was in a school where i was uh, a visible minority of like two percent yeah yeah so i was obviously overcompensating also wait, sorry to to mm, to, to get, but were you also physically small then no no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I think uh, <laughs> it, it's funny because in my head, because you know, obviously, how you construct yourself as an adult is uh, massively in large part your childhood. And I was never a small kid. I was never a massive kid. So I don't see myself as you know what I'm five seven. I don't see myself as as, as small. But as an adult, I'm average to small. I, I don't yeah. because as a kid, I never was. And and this was kind of borne out last year when we uh, we did a very small little meetup of um, people I went to senior school with, and they're all like three four inches taller than me. And they said, "What happened, <laughs> what happened to you? You've shrunk." <laughs> and I went, I, "Exactly, because they you know, I was never." I bet Stephen Tarmy's eight foot six now. We'll come and find you and batter you to death. <laughs> oh God, poor Stephen Tarmy. That that weren't good. Goodly, so I I subjected the poor boy to at least 12 months worth of terror and and it weren't really his fault it was his dad's fault who who kind of uh, shat on me and my mom but i took it out on him but when when all i can say is when you're eight and nine you don't kind of understand that it's a case of your yeah. dad did that so i'm just going to take it out on you but right. but oh, but the yeah. but the poor boy Stephen, i apologize profusely but yeah i think you know me being a little bit of a a bullshit one at that age was I was overcompensating for the fact that there's nobody else that kind of looked like me in that whole school. And and don't get me wrong, 
there was never well I can't say there was never I remember being called Nignog quite a few times and stuff <gasps> but I don't but I'm not going to sit here and say that I had a terrible childhood I love going to green home school and I didn't feel um, from day after day that I was different I didn't but you know in hindsight I think in part of my behavior you know in part my behavior around about that age must have been to do with that must have been mm. wow mm. anyway um yeah in other news according to tractor we've got mary uh trussell in toronto and devon and cornwall <laughs> oh how have has we? this happened <laughs> right well let's let's deal with that shall we <laughs> um tractor folks it's on dumdydum.com it is the uh if you've the... ever fancied living in another country now's your chance just stick <laughs> your pin in wherever you feel like yeah well here's the thing folks uh <laughs> tractor is a big map on our website dumdydum.com you can go there and you can pin yourself to it and just today i've been asked by a dumdydum who shall remain anonymous um, who was that person up in blah 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 because I'd like to invite them along to something and you know what I couldn't quite remember but I went on to Tractor and I found the geographic location found that Dumpty Dum member and uh, emailed them so Tractor folks it's an ideal way for you to meet up with fellow Archers Addicts and Dumpty Dum fans now I said I've been saying for weeks now I'm going to start mentioning our little clusters and it's one thing to say we have a cluster in London. That that goes without saying, or in Birmingham or Manchester. But the fact that we have two dumdy dummers in Singapore, Lucy, you know, I we think... We have three! We have my friend Ben as well. Well, he's not on there, though, is he? He's not on Tractor. No, but I'm just saying he's there. Well, Hello, then, Ben! Well, Singapore's hardly the biggest place in the world. There's no reason why the hell they don't organise a dumdy dum meetup. So... Um, why don't you name and shame the first Dumbly Dumber in Singapore? Uh, Jennifer Dodgson Burgess. And Tim Jaycock. Me, and then Ben. Lucy's mate, Ben. So what you need to do, <laughs> pin yourself to that bloody map. Stop fanning around. Get it sorted. <laughs> meet up. And then tweet a picture or Facebook a picture. Yes. Because the Newcastle Posse have shown us how it should be done. Right. Don't need to go through Dum Dum HQ, but just get it done, right? It's all about meeting meeting people. Dum Dum, it's a social thing. We're a we're a community. Sort it in Singapore, please. Now, De- in Devon and Cornwall, there are ten Dum Dums. Ten, ten that are on tractor. Lucy, can I just say that again? Ten. Can you believe it? Um, <laughs> go on. Tess Blight is one. Philippa Davy. Chris Penberthy. Millie Hart. Steve Parrott. Mary Trussell, Carol Newcomb, Chris Paul, Dave Knowles, and Candida Beeching. And you're all over the Twitters, Candida. So I'm not saying that you should organise it, but why don't you organise it? All right, because <laughs> there's a proper cluster around Plymouth, and but you're not a million miles away. I saw on the map, you could easily just jump in your car and be in Plymouth in about, I reckon, 40 minutes tops. So, you're so bossy. Well, really no, up. well, mm, maybe I am. Right, you are, but, but you that's the whole it. point of tractor. Now, right, so we've done Singapore, we've done Devon yeah. and Cornwall, Toronto. Now, according to you, Mary mm. Trussell is also in Toronto, so let's take her out because I don't think she is. Well, whatever, right? Now in Toronto, 
we've got dum de dummers to spare. <laughs> Thank you for correcting that, Lucy V. Oh, we've got four. Let's, let's be well, real. No, got... no, no, no. Okay. Simply Jen, we've got her, the Victoria Litterer. Mary Trussell, she is there. She's obviously put herself there down there twice. No, 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 no. But which one is she then? Devon and Cornwall, or yeah, but does she have two but, homes? Yeah, but I put myself in a couple of places as well. I'm in Birmingham, I'm in London, I'm in San Francisco, and I'm not the only person that's done that. Because you see, Lucy, some people uh, legitimately put themselves in two places, like Leslie G, who's in um, Orkney, and she's in Wiltshire. Right. Because you know, because some people. Um, have two homes good luck to them some people <laughs> live and work in two locations uh so it's quite legitimate and then some people spend some part of the year uh somewhere else a bit like me so and i'm some in some people press the wrong button on tractor mary trussell <laughs> well yeah that 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 could I well I be i still can't do it mary so you're one ahead of, in fact you're two ahead of me <laughs> that could well be what's happened but the <laughs> fact that she's kind of clustered uh, around a big city and not in the middle of the ocean, as I tell you, a couple of people have done that. And, you know, they have bogged <laughs> it up. Oh, my goodness. Guess what? What? Mary Trussell is in the Atlantic Ocean as well. Oh, Mary. Uh, I think Should she's... we send a boat? <laughs> Do you need help? <laughs> I think there's been some kind mayday, of... Mayday, mayday. Mm, user malfunction. Archers. Bobbing. All right. So maybe you don't actually live in or spend a lot of your time in Toronto. But it, that's immaterial. Right? Because you've still got Simply Genia, Mary Not Contrary, who's had a baby, Victoria Litterer, and Soren Jordan. Um, who hang, all... on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Could we just say congratulations to, for the having the baby thing? No, we have already. We did that weeks ago. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should say it again. Well done. Very hard, isn't it? Well done. Yes, carry on. Carry uh, on with the baby. And actually, uh, Mary, I think you should actually call Larinara next week and give us a little bit of uh, progress about how your new family are getting on. Because you've had your first and Christmas. And you'll have introduced it to the archers. Absolutely. So, um, if you don't call in next week, we'll be revoking your tractor membership. And... Uh, <laughs> So get it done. You are playing hardball today. I, I am, I am, no I am. I am, I am. Now, folks, <laughs> that is that. Now, um, I'm slightly going off script here, but Lucy and I have had a little bit of a talk and a think, and we still haven't made hang any... On, hang on, hang on. Where are we going? Where are we going with this? Um, About the membership thingy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. And we Just might... Just panic Yeah, no. No, it's all right. About. It's all right. We might have actually come up with um, a solution whereby shows aren't necessarily behind a paywall but you as the listener would have um, various incentives to be uh, to maybe get more involved in one specific and enter show. the Dumpty Dump Hall of Fame exactly 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 so bear with us on that but hopefully by next week's show we'll have a plan to unveil to you all now um, that is fundamentally us trying to shake cash out of you. 
and uh, there's a couple of ways which generally that we, we that we do that, aren't there, Lucy? There are. Now, look, first off, we say go on to dumjum.com and hit that donate button, and you can make a one-off payment, or you can go to patreon.com, whereby you can donate two dollars per show. Uh, any other Archers-related news at the moment, Lucy? Uh, there is. Sorry, I just accidentally shut my script down and just managed to open it again. Um, yes, there is an academic Archers conference going on at the University of Lincoln from the 17th to the 19th of February 2017. And you can do a search on the Twitters for hashtag academic Archers and you will find it and you can go to it and it will be good. <laughs> yeah, it will. Um, Freya, you know, I tell you who I'm falling in love with. That Freya, she's awesome. She drinks whiskey like me, yeah. and I think her and I and Robert Wilson um, and uh, me. I said me as well. I'm coming. Uh, what are you joining in? Why? Well, yeah. But how? Hang on. How can you do it when we're in meeting up in London? Well, as lo- they're talking about May. Yeah, I've got to come back to the UK at some point. Oh, have you? Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was going to be that soon. No, well, no, 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 no. Well, I don't mind coming, you know, just the very fact that I'm over here doesn't mean I'm never going to ever go back to the UK. And no. I've got to come back once, twice a year, check up on my flat, blah, blah, blah. So go see my mum and dad oh, and my brother. So if somebody was to say to me, hmm, mid-May, right, I could say, well, I need to be in the UK twice this year. I will come back round about that time go see my mum and dad go see friends go and have a drink with with freya oh okay who's just emailed me mm. her ears were obviously burning she's she's done a savannah she's awesome anyway so academic archers that's all good smashing and super remember folks to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via speak pipe on our site or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a message via a telephone device um on social media specifically twitter we are at dum dum me i'm at royfield harriet the woman of a thousand archers voices you can find her at sandbridges um and then you lucy how do people find you and i am at lucy v freeman on facebook we have more like a look as we shake a stick at and um i presume that now um you're going to be corralled and kind of cattle prodded by a yokel bear as well as Millie Bell. I presume that's what's <laughs> going to happen. Nobody wants to be cattle prodded by yokel bear. <laughs> 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 Sounds appalling. Nobody wants to be cattle prodded by anybody. Right. Um, that's me. I've run out of puff. Okay. Um, how much puff have you still got in you? None. I need to go and have a cup of tea now. All right. See you later. Bye. Hello. Barrett Green here. Obviously, I cannot under any circumstances condone blackmail. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 